Hey guys, welcome to the Crushed Ice Combo Podcast. With me, your host, Janelle Strasberg. Hey guys, welcome to the Crushed Ice Combo Podcast. With me, your host, Janelle. Um, today is going to be just a little bit different. Uh, we have our guest, as well as we've had a lot of people asking um, to do some sort of group podcast or uh, just have some additional people on the podcast with me. So we thought the best way to start that out and to try it out would be to have Mr. Ben Strasberg back on the podcast. How do you feel being back? Great. You make me sound very old. Yeah. Old man. Strasburg. Um, and then our guest today is Mr. David Hartman. Hi, David. How's it going, guys? How are you today? Oh, you know, we live in. <laughs> you live in. All right, awesome. Um, so this is going to be just a little bit of a different dynamic for the podcast, but it should be awesome. Um, David, how do we know each other? So we first met when you guys came back to Revolve the second time. After so you guys, Cornerstone at, at Cornerstone, Church. At yeah. Cornerstone. Um, I don't even know how Ben and I started talking. Because Ben and I knew each other previously from different graduation parties. And then after you, like... You we, knew you knew Josiah, his younger brother, yeah. right? Mm, yeah, 100%. So you guys were friends. Yeah, we were friends. I was friends with Josiah. And then Ben would always come down and play games with us for, like, a hot second. And then he would always leave out of blue. Well, what's the age gap between you ten, two? Ten, ten years. years yeah. Ten years. So that's, like, a big age gap. So you were, like, the little kids playing. And then was, Ben was, like, the cool kid that came down and played for a little cool bit. Kid? I don't know about cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. was a kid that came down. He was the kid. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play Mario Kart. <laughs> Where were you? We never played Mario Kart together. Yeah. Huh? Super Smash Brothers. Right? There we go. That okay, something, yeah. something like that. Okay, so that's so you knew um, the Strasburg family mm-hmm. from church, mm-hmm. and then what was it? Two years ago, when we almost three years mm-hmm. ago now, yeah. when we came back. Yeah, that would, yeah, it would be about just three years this year. Yeah. Yeah. Three years, but I don't think we knew David really until we about didn't two know years him ago. well. Yeah, yeah. We knew of David. We knew he existed. Yeah, we didn't know you well. And then when we came back. Um, you and Ben started talking, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I can't remember how it all transpired, but y'all were in the same room. Y'all were talking. Pretty much. I think we just knew each other pre- <laughs> like because we knew each other previously. We just kind of talked because. Yeah. You guys were both yeah. like kind of more in that leader role yeah. too, so that yeah. kind of started that. And then um, I didn't like you at first. No, you didn't. I I'm try, I've been trying to remember like the exact conversation that happened, but I was talking to Ben something, and then I mentioned you in that conversation, and then Ben just goes, oh, "You got a crush on my wife? What?" <laughs> and then he runs back to the cafe where you're standing, and he goes like, "Dude, Dave's got a crush on you," and then like laser beam eyes just focus in on me and I'm standing there like like a, like a poor dog in the cold and I'm like oh god what's going on and then you look at me and goes stay 20 feet away from me at all times and anytime I would like try to talk to you or approach you you would extend that like distance by like another foot anytime across any kind of line gotta be careful I don't know you were technically still a student at the time as I was, well I was I was That's like true. whoa whoa boundaries now i knew that there was lots of kidding involved in this i comment. didn't know that i thought um, you were serious but i felt like i had to mess with you because i was like good at that mm-hmm. so i was like okay no 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 six feet no no ten feet no 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 20 feet get out of the kitchen like get far away 
So I was yelling at you. And we didn't really start talking until the week before summer camp mm-hmm. was when, because I, I wanted to ride with you guys because I had no other way to get down there without driving myself down. And I wasn't allowed to drive myself. Yeah, so we go to a summer camp every single year. And um, we when we were at a different church for a little while and then we came back, to Cornerstone, so we started, we loved the camp. I grew up going to the camp. Um, Ben had gone a few times as well, so we were like really excited about it, and then you have gone basically every year you could, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you were all excited about it too, Mm -hmm. and so we were all pumped about summer camp, and then um, I think that we bonded over our love of music. 100%. I remember, because I created a playlist, especially for going down and back from summer camp, and a lot of the songs on there were, like, songs that you knew, specifically. They were, like, musicals. Yeah, musicals. We had uh, Hairspray. Yeah. Spice Girls. Oh, High yeah. School Musical. We had some good and ones. we started playing that, and mm, that, it was good. that's how we got along with each other. Ben was not thrilled. Ben was not happy about it at Not all. one bit. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not huge into musicals or really a lot of Janelle's taste in music were pretty opposite, so. But David gets me. Yeah. He understands. I can understand both sides. So, so it's basically two versus one the entire trip mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. back. Yeah, and, yeah David yeah. got hooked up to our uh, Bluetooth and everything. He was ready to go. Yeah. It was fantastic. Ben sat in the back seat when we first went down there, too. Yeah, I remember that because I remember sitting in the back and just sitting there just on my phone. And you guys were just having the time of your life <laughs> up there. Like, it was like, yeah, it was, you know, it was party up front nothing in the back and boringness (laughs) it was just like it was it was complete depression in the back because it was about an hour drive yeah about and you were just of listening to troy bolton and (laughs) you know whoever else is in that movie sing songs troy and gabriella yeah it was amazing it was very good we had the best time and then um one of the things that made me uh, appreciate you david so much is when you created a walking stick. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Would you like to explain what you did at camp? So, it was the middle of the day, nothing else to do. I had no one to talk to. <laughs> there was like a bunch of people there. <laughs> there was a ton of people there. I chose not to talk with anyone. You, you went away by yourself. I went and right smack dab in the middle of the camp, there's a huge rock and a tree that stands over it. And I'm just sitting there, minding my own business. I hear this, and this branch falls right next to me. And I look at it, and this thing looks like Gandalf's staff. So I'm like, it's a big. So I'm like, obviously, this is my calling. It's destiny. So, for I spend the next three hours just chipping away at this thing to clean off, clean it off, and then I sanded it. At the camp, on this huge, old, big old rock, and I just walked around with it the rest of the time. And let me tell you what, I still have that today. It was a beautiful walking stick because you you made it like it was smooth. Yeah, it went from branch to walking stick. It, it's, it's, it, it spells a lot about my own story how I went from branch to walking stick. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you were sanded down. Um, no, and then you. You would not let this thing go. No. 
And we had to actually, like, put it in the car and leave it there because, like, kids wanted to play with it. And I was like, this is, I was like, this is not safe. David, put your walking stick in the car. I was was about to hit him with the rocking stick. (laughs) They kept asking for it. It was, you technically stole. You stole stole the branch. I I paid the price. I got in the camp. I can take what I want. (laughs) You did. You paid your money to go to camp that night. Um, speaking of your refining moments with your walking stick, you actually want to be a pastor. I do. Um, I feel like I had my calling the first time I went to summer camp. That's why I have such a deep connection with it. It's when I had my first call to ministry and through just Revolve and working with Pastor Mike and uh, the old youth directors there and being able to work behind the scenes, I just kind of fell more and more in love with it and then... Pastor Mike got me plugged in with the junior hires and then teaching them and leading them and watching them change from people who are just kind of rough around the edges, kids that don't really want to listen at all, kids who are just kind of fight out, disobey everything, to kids who want to engage in conversations, have questions to ask, and have something to to give to the group. Mm-hmm. It just... I just kind of fell in love with watching them change like that. And then through that, um, Cornerstone needed a junior high director. And then Pastor Mike asked me to take on that role. And I fell in love with that ever since. And now I'm in Bible school at Cornerstone as well. Yeah. Um, so you're in Bible school. How long is that? And like, what's the process? So pretty much like any other college, um, I'm just going for two years to get my associates I could go for four years, but I have to go down to Florida and spend another two years to get my bachelor's. Ooh. But I'm not keen to. Is there, like, something else up here you can do that's, like, similar? Or you have to go down to Florida? I would have to go down to Florida. Okay. Because that's where, like, the main campus is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you like Bible college? I love it. I love it. It's it's amazing to see how much stuff you don't pick up on when you just kind of read through the Bible casually. Mm -hmm. When you kind of realize, like... Because we went back, most recently, we went through Genesis. And only Genesis I've had, other than just kind of casually reading it, is from Sunday school mainly. And seeing like, oh, the, oh how beautiful the rainbow is. And like, look at Noah, take two by two, now count the animals. To <laughs> The like nursery school Yeah, the nursery school version yeah. to the adult version where it ain't too pretty about what kind of stuff happened in Genesis. Uh-huh. I... But it's just kind of amazing to see the stuff that you don't notice mm-hmm. the first couple of times you read it. Or, like, I think for, like, the purpose of sermons, <coughs> like, a lot of times there's a I mean, there's so much in the Bible to cover oh, yeah. that sermons usually go to some of the main stories in mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah. So you actually, like, digging, digging in a little bit deeper and mm-hmm. going through some of those stories that aren't well-known sermons yeah. has to be, like, yeah. very different. 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so for your Bible school, what is it like once a week you go? Once a week, every Tuesday. So it's, it's kind of like adult friendly, like very adult friendly. So like you go like nights and it's like a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So it's Tuesday nights from 630 to about 915 is when it goes from. Okay. That's cool. Um, and then. So I have another question just regarding, like you were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. with the junior high and like doing messages and things Mm -hmm. like that with them. Do you ever get stage fright or do you ever get really nervous? Let me tell you, I used to get stage fright a lot, Mm -hmm. but then I realized that 
these are just junior high kids. <laughs> they will pretty much forget what you do in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, what really helped me get over the stage fright, because there's a point where like you just don't really kind of care anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit of an embarrassing story about myself. But I I taught I taught a whole junior high message, and the entire time like the other leaders like Stephen or Jordan were just trying were motioning. I could not tell what they're trying to say until I finished this message and I go back and I'm like, guys, what's going on? Like, you guys are trying to tell me something? They're like, yeah, dude, your zipper's been down this entire time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Had to get worse before it got better, Yeah, didn't it? Watch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do any of the junior high kids know, like, do they no. remember that? No. They didn't say anything. They didn't say a thing. That's the best, though. You got away, dude. I, I got, you got away with oh, that. Because... To be honest, our junior high kids do not shy away from talking about just about anything. (laughs) So that's actually extremely shocking that nobody noticed. uh, I was amazed. Okay, so how did that experience now make you just feel more comfortable? It's like, you kind of realize that and you're like, what the heck? The junior high kids don't make fun of you, but at the end of the day, they're just kids. And I think, too, that if they're... Still taking away something yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Even if you like fumbled your words mm-hmm. or you um, <coughs> you tripped and fell or whatever yeah. it was that happened or nothing mm-hmm. happened and you just feel self conscious about it. Mm-hmm. At least if they took something away from that, yeah. then you know you did something mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's cool. No, I like that. Um, you also over the summer went down to North Carolina for South like a Carolina. South Carolina. I do that every time. <laughs> For like an internship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that. So, it was the pastor of the church I first started going to as a kid. Um, he was originally from South Carolina, moved to Ohio, and then moved back to South Carolina. And he owns this little church called Hope Chapel, and it's around. It's about. It's a little bit north of Greenville. Okay. And just kind of learning from him because he's, he's he went to college multiple times for Bible and theology and learning from him and the wisdom that he had was just amazing. And the youth pastor there who I, I worked a lot under, um, is actually a licensed pilot. Whoa, that's cool. So a couple of times he would, he would just, I kind of poke and prod him about, cause I, I'm kind of interested in getting my pilot's license. But at some point he was like, hey, listen, I got this pilot instructor uh, you want to take like an hour flight with him? And I'm like, that's cool. Hold on a second. Like, you yeah. want you you're you're asking me to fulfill one of my dreams? Like, you go fly a plane. I, I'm a fly <laughs> plane. And that experience was one of the most amazing experiences that I ever had. It was an open cockpit airplane, mm-hmm. biplane, um, and we flew over the Smoky Mountains. That's really cool. We flew over in the. Oh my it was absolutely beautiful because we went up there just around sunset and we would wait we waited for the sun to set first and then we went up in the plane and then we got to watch the sunset again that's cool and it was absolutely beautiful i remember you calling me oh, like that's after right. you were done and you're like i need to tell you what i just did and i was like <laughs> what happened and i'm like thinking like this like something really crazy happened and which i mean it was crazy but like I'm thinking like something like bad happened yeah. or something crazy, and then you're just like, I flew a plane. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So that's that. No, that's really cool. But yeah, I mean, it was just a great learning experience because 
some of the stuff that he had to say, like for instance, he he was he's very adamant about having a small church mm-hmm. because in the Bible we are called to shepherd, and we can't shepherd when we have something like a mega church. Yeah, the pastor can't really shepherd all those people. It's kind of impossible to. Mm-hmm. And his ideology with the church is that once he reaches 250 people, he splits it in half, sends half of them down the road to start another church, mm-hmm. and then he just keeps repeating that process over and over. That's cool. So yeah. a bunch of little mini churches yeah. where like the pastor can actually take the time yeah. to like really minister. Yeah. And that's cool. I never really thought of it that way. Like I've I've never been a fan of like the mega church. Mm-hmm. Because it, it doesn't feel, like, homey. Yeah. So, like, I understand that concept, but really thinking about how, like, that shepherding piece, that's mm-hmm. that's cool. I like that. Um, one other thing about South Carolina that you mentioned were the bugs. <sighs> there was a period of time when they had to go out on a mission trip. And I was left alone for... Four days. And I was there for two or three weeks. I was left alone for four days. I did not realize how prominent cockroaches are in South Carolina. Oh no. What happened, David? I was... (laughs) If people could see your face right now, you're so upset. At this, listen, I feel like it was like retribution because I, I should have been reading at this point, but I was binge watching Netflix because uh, I had the whole house to myself. What were you watching? I watched The Office and I was watching The New, New Girl. Okay, and, those are good. Yeah. Those are binge worthy. Okay. So it was around 10 o'clock at night. I was like, I feel a little hungry. So I get up. I waddle on over to the pantry and I open it up and... What falls out is three little cockroaches that scurry all over the floor. I hate cockroaches with a passion. I think they should all be eradicated and they shouldn't be allowed to exist. Do they do anything good for society? Nothing. They can survive nuclear explosions. That's about it. So if we but, could... but here's the worst part. I grab this bag of chips. Hintaline chips. If you ever want to get me chips, get me Hintaline chips. Because I love me some Hintaline chips. Good to know. I open up this bag of Hintaline chips. I reach in. I don't grab a chip. <gasps> oh, no. But I grab a cockroach. Oh. No. Listen. I have asthma. I don't run fast. I don't move fast. <laughs> I put the flash to shame after I grab this cockroach. Oh, no. <laughs> I... I threw this bag of chips so hard across the wall, I think I broke the sound barrier. (laughs) Oh no. This was the first night. I still had three more nights by myself in a house full of cockroaches. Was this like a guest house? This was this was the the pastor's house. Oh no, and he's gone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here I was, defenseless, terrified. I had nowhere else to turn to. Okay, so you were hungry still. Oh, very much so. Were you not hungry after? I was still. I got. Okay. I got arguably hungrier. What did you? He burned all those calories running. (laughs) 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 He needed some food to replenish his energy. So what did you do? 
Did you leave to go get food, or did you try to find something else? I cooked me some eggs. That's... Ain't no cockroaches surviving that. You skill it, and they can't they can't crawl in an egg. You're safe there. That is, that is very scary. Worst case scenario, you would have picked up without paying attention, picked up that cockroach thinking it was a chip. Yeah, I would have eaten it. Oh, here's something else. Um, they were gone still, and they they hide the house key, um, like in this little back corner of the door. But I couldn't grab it because there's two spider webs with spiders the size of quarters guarding the house key they knew where to put that Mm -hmm. key Mm -hmm. that's gross so did you get locked out yeah for a good hour or two and then you like grew up the courage or like okay wasn't sure what happened there i took a bucket full of water and i threw it at the spiders but aren't there webs like yeah able to withstand that but spiders can't yeah spiders just run away or drown so, okay, so you got the key, you got in. Yeah. <laughs> was, was the rest of your experience good, though? Well, the rest of, the rest of the experience was absolutely amazing. Okay. I flew a plane. I got to teach more kids. I got to learn more experience about ministry, what ministry is all about. Probably read more than I ever had in my entire life in those two weeks. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier that I feel like we need to talk about is the fact that you have asthma. <laughs> And you're actually a you sprint like you you will go running. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to like build up tolerance as or? much as I, I don't possibly know how, can. Like, I don't know much about asthma to be honest. <laughs> Me neither. I'm gonna go off of that. But like, David is the only person I know that has that has asthma that will do an extreme amount of physical activity. So um, so you can. He doesn't care. Through. I don't know if you can push through. I just think... Carry your inhaler everywhere. Yeah. Well, well, with asthma, what happens is that the... It starts with the B, but the tubes in your lungs start to become inflamed. Okay. And it starts creating mucus. So <clears throat> as you go on, it the more and more, like... So mucus, it's like a reaction mm-hmm. to you breathing too Physical hard. Physical activity. Or, okay. And the more you push yourself, the less you're kind of able to breathe. Oh. Even this gets even worse in water. <laughs> yeah, as, as yeah, we've experienced. Uh, yeah, you want to share a little bit about uh, one of your wonderful camp experiences. Okay, with so your this was last last summer, um, and they have a lake there. And during the day, they have canoes that you can ride and blah blah blah. Now I was out there. I was just having fun, and they have they have like a nice little lunch table next to there. So we're all just sitting there goofing off and Ben was watching over the lake at that you time. Were, you were the adult leader at the lake? The uh, let, let, me, let me say that he is the adult leader at this <laughs> lake. Yeah, I was. Um, of course. And, and let me go on to say that I was out on this canoe and our good friend Lance was out on his canoe with two other people Hold in this up. canoe. Can you swim? I can't swim. Okay. Barely. Okay. I needed to just preface so that. Well, I can't ahead. swim. I'm wearing a life jacket. And you have asthma. And I have asthma. Okay. Moving on. Um, Lance is out there with two other people in his canoe, and me and this other guy, Weldon, were in our canoe, and we're like, ah, dude, we should totally tip over his canoe. I never realized up to this point that, how hard tipping over a canoe was. (laughs) So after many fruitless... They're heavy, like, steel-type canoes, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after many fruitless attempts of, like, bumping in the canoe and, like, doing our best to tip it... 
which was not the right thing to do, no, no. Ben. I w- so let me just tell you something before you continue your story. I was not out there dumping, pushing people over the canoes. I was on the shore. But let's, let's, so you were you were watching them. Correct. I <laughs> okay, was, okay. I was I was almost like the you lifeguard. You're monitoring. Okay. So after a while, Lance just stops. He goes ashore and tells everyone to get back on it. Now I feel someone during somewhere during this point, Ben went and told Lance to go tip us over. This is true. Well, let me say that he is one of let, our let me young say, youth kids. Ben corrupted him. You know, as this story <laughs> keeps going on and on, I it, it's it's not looking good for me. Let, let me you're say, lucky you're here to defend that, yourself. That is true. <laughs> let me say again that he was the adult leader at the lake. Um. Now here's the thing about Lance. Now picture picture like a nineties Baywatch surfer. That's a long flowing hair. Such a <laughs> what a, what a guy this man is. He's a very nice kid. He, he's nice. He's very he's nice. Kid. Except when he tried tipping over in the canoe. Now Lance gets back in the canoe by himself. Now have you ever seen like Planet Earth or any kind of nature documentary where you see like a lion stalking a gazelle and you see that look in their eyes that's the kind of look Lance had in his eyes Lance charged at us at a speed unknown to man he is very athletic he rams us in the side I said ha okay whatever this is all you can do Lance doesn't stop there Lance stands up and I'm thinking to myself Lance isn't going to jump out of his canoe and then tip us over. <laughs> he would never do that. I have asthma. So I say, Lance, that's probably not a good idea. I have asthma. I can't swim. Lance didn't hear me. Lance was out for me. He was out for blood. Lance then leaps from his canoe, grabs a hold of our canoe, and just flips it over. Now, here's the thing about asthma. <coughs> specifically with me is that when I get in water I get about 50% usage of my lungs so I land in the water and I try to take a deep breath that's when I realize great this is my deathbed summer camp I've been tipped over a canoe what a pitiful thing to have on my gravestone now let me go back to say that Baywatch, how, how, the similarities between Baywatch and Lance. Lance was my lifeguard in this scenario, not Ben, the adult <laughs> leader. Okay. <laughs> By the way, while David was out there dying, everybody was laughing. Yeah. So. And also, technically, weren't you a leader this year? I was no, I was not. I was oh, like, you weren't I leader. Okay. leader. And let me let me let me just stop this. I had no idea. He had a, this this thing in his chest where it would suffocate him if he was in water. So I I, I, I submerge. I, I just grab a hold of Lance. I'm holding on to him for dear life, and I say, Lance, take me to shore. <laughs> I'm surprised you could talk. I I was surprised too. It was this is my dying breath I was giving him. <laughs> <laughs> now what no what a lot of people don't really know is that there are snapping turtles in this pond. Oh. And as we're climbing ashore, I see movement in the water that resemble a snapping turtle. 
I had no idea what this was until later, but if I knew what that was, I probably would have died from shock. <laughs> so, one way or another, you could have died in this 100%. Spot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, glad you're alive. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now after going through that experience? Um, I have a lot of appreciation for Lance. And life. Uh, and life in general. <laughs> um... I've had thoughts about going to the swimming pool at the wreck, but then ultimately didn't. <laughs> Just because of that experience. <laughs> Just because of that experience. <laughs> um, was that difficult, though, like as a kid, not being able to really swim? Or is this like an adult thing? It was thing? weird, because as a kid, I was okay at swimming. Okay. I was able to swim, but there was a period of time where I just kind of became a couch potato. Mm. And then through that period of time... My asthma got significantly worse. And up until around 2015 is when I finally was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Okay. So then you started working out. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's awesome. Um, you guys work out together. Sometimes. Like, Sometimes, you guys yeah, are, like, yeah. sprinting and stuff mm-hmm, like yeah. that. You guys have any interesting stories from working out. No. There was that time we got re- tried getting recruited for the Air there, Force. Yeah, there was that one time. Yeah, they saw us out there running. Uh, I think it was the Marines. Was it the Air Force? Marines, probably. Yeah, yeah probably they were, we were running out there and they, they saw us running. They're like, oh, these guys look like they want to fight for our country. And <laughs> These guys didn't want to fight for These guys didn't. We just looking to run. You <laughs> well, know? you see, it's great because I have a scapegoat. I just kind of looked at him and I said, yeah, I've thought about it, but I got asthma. Which throws me just out there, and then they literally <laughs> totally ignore him, ben over, under the and bus. then they come to me and talk, and I got nothing. Well, I'm glad you didn't sign up. Cause, you know, yeah. It's very hard for me to say no sometimes. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine I came home and then like, here it is, <laughs> going to the army. <laughs> My favorite thing is the one time that you guys were working out, and um, I called Ben, and I was like, hey, you want to get food or whatever? And you guys are like, yeah, okay. And so I drove around until I found you guys, and I was like, get in, losers. I love that. And then you guys hopped in the car. And that was pretty great. Went to get food, and it was fun. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about the rest of our time is dating, David. <laughs> you, sir, are single. Uh, very much so. And you're 19, right? 19, yeah. 19, okay. Um, you've actually recently kind of taken a step back and decided that you're taking a break from dating. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's a realization that not a lot of people want to make, but at some point need to make. Just because when you're going through high school and you're becoming 19, you're becoming an adult more and more. There is so much time you miss out on devoting to yourself that mm-hmm. you need. Because when you go into relationships, like earlier on, if you don't want yourself, you try to become the person they want mm-hmm. instead of just becoming you for, yeah. that, for that person. And I found myself doing that a lot with different people that I tried becoming the person, their ideal person, quote mm-hmm. unquote, rather than just being myself. It wasn't like I was trying to do that on purpose. It was just like, oh, they'll probably like me more if I say I like this or if mm-hmm. I don't like that. I try to act different around different people. But I kind of realized that there's a lot more time I need to be devoting to myself and my relationship with God before I step into a relationship. 
Yeah, and do you think, like, it's really hard to date in, like, today's society? Um, I would think so. For, depending on, like, the place you're in and depending on, like, the type of girls you go after, like, I feel like it could be difficult with different types of people. Like, I feel like it's as easy as, like, swiping now, but it's... Then you're only getting, like, this fake mm-hmm. person that you see on social media that mm-hmm. looks so happy and, like, yeah. they have their life together and all the mm-hmm. stuff. And they're, oh, they love Jesus or whatever, which right. I know is that that's the girl you're kind yeah. of looking for. But then you dive in to something a little bit more with them and then you start to see that they, like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of stuff that they haven't taken the time to deal yeah. with because they want to live this yeah. particular life on social media. Yeah. It's a lot less human-to-human interaction which I feel like you miss out with online dating nowadays is that when you guys see each other again, like if you see each other in person, you kind of miss out on how that person presents themselves and how they talk. And you might take some of their comments as like rash or rude when they're just trying to be nice because you're not, you're not familiar with the type of tone, the type of jokes that they use mm-hmm. if you're just online dating. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and then I'm assuming that, uh, for you, especially with just your religious background, that you're looking to date to marry. Yeah. So you're not looking to date around and just like hang out with people. Yeah. How do you think that that is more difficult today Mm -hmm. or, um, like how does that impact the decision of the people that you find interesting? Um... It's different nowadays just because I feel like the mindset around dating has changed mm-hmm. a little bit. Maybe it's always been like this, but I've only been alive for 19 years. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people I've seen just want to date just so they can say that they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, mm-hmm. but not for anything more than that. Yeah. They kind of date just so they can have like, oh, I, I got a girlfriend. You, you don't. They want to like that pride sense of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you're, I think, like, from what I know of you, um, you're finding that you're okay to be alone. Yeah, it's definitely tough sometimes, just because you, like, you find yourself in certain moments where you're like, hey, I wish I had someone, like, to go see this movie with. Mm -hmm. That's not, like, one of my best guy friends, you know? Yeah. or you see things on social media, yeah. even of people that are in like a happy relationship. Yeah. And I use quotes because it's social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you don't really see the other side of it, mm-hmm. but you're seeing all the good. The, the goody two shoes version yeah. of it. Griffin. Sorry, guys. Griffin's moving around. Um, no, I think that that's actually probably one of the. <laughs> that's probably one of the toughest decisions mm-hmm. to make. And. What did it take for you to come to that decision? I kind of realized this a couple months ago when you start to realize, like, I'm really messing around with... (laughs) Griffin, it's not time for a drink. We're having a serious conversation. (laughs) Boy, it's thirsty. I know, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so how did you come to this decision? Well, it kind of came about a couple months ago when I came to a realization, like, what kind of stuff I'm missing out on, you know? And if I don't find myself in the right mindset. <laughs> I'm sorry, Griffin's really like 
just destroying this. It's going to town on the water. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, Griffin. Okay, so my right mindset. I'm back. I'm um, focused. If you don't have yourself in the right mindset, and you're not... I should put this like... If you're not 100% happy with yourself, yeah. you can't find that in another person. Yeah. Dating should not be where you're 50% and the other person's 50% and together you make 100%. Mm-hmm. Because if you guys are ever apart, you just become that 50% person again. Yeah. Dating should always be where you find yourself at 100% and the other person finds himself at 100%. Now, I understand that there's totally some different ways, like maybe like baggage that they carry, that mm-hmm. they're, stuff like that, but you should still be able to find yourself at like that happy place before yeah. you walk into dating. Because you, if you try to find your happiness in another person mm-hmm. once that person goes or if that person goes then you're right back to where you started yeah and i think that um being healthy yourself before you go into a relationship if you're not healthy you're setting yourself up for failure yeah. and you're setting up a situation where you're going to end up hurting that other yeah. person which yeah. is clearly not what anybody wants especially mm-hmm. when you're looking for a relationship for life you're not yeah. looking um, to just date around so mm-hmm. i think that um, that's impressive mm-hmm. in today's society, and I think that's um, a really amazing step to take as just somebody who lives in this world where everybody has to have a relationship. Yeah. So um, I commend you on that. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was like it was, took a couple times where I'm like, oh no, I could totally handle this. Oh, this would be great. And then like a couple of days down the road, you're like, I am way in yeah. over my head. Or just any situation mm-hmm. that comes up along the way when you see people with baggage. Mm-hmm. So. No, that's um, that's amazing. Um, well, David, what's next for you? What's next? What's um, next? Want to find a better job? Okay. Chipotle is great and everything. I work so I currently work at Chipotle, which I'm not mad about. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the food service for three, four years now. I went to school for cooking, mm-hmm. and I've always fell in love with cooking. But there's a certain point where, like, that cook in order to move on from my point. That cooking, like relationship, not relationship, but that food, the food service has to become your life. Yeah, that industry. That, indi- yeah. that, that industry. And I'm finding myself more and more at a place where I need to focus on other things. So I need, Yeah, especially with you being in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want to be able to find a better job where it's not kind of in control of my life. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. Um so finding a better job and then I'm assuming that your next steps are really going to be focusing on school mm-hmm. and ministry yeah. and just everything that you're doing and just kind of seeing what, what happens next. from that. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, well, David, I just have to thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. And Ben, thank you for hanging out with us you're very as welcome. you're <laughs> over in the corner petting the dog. Um, so... David, we hope that you come back mm-hmm. and maybe we'll have another episode where we have a few other people yeah. as well. And um, thank you to the listeners. I'm going to put David's information um, on the Crush Ice Convo, Instagram, Facebook, all of those wonderful places. Feel free to ask him some questions. Maybe he's got yeah. some good information 100%. for you, especially with just the decision with dating or ministry, if you're thinking about that. Um, and uh, feel free to... Follow all of my pages as well because I'm going to plug that every single time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks. Bye.